That's Alistair Riddell and Space Waltz almost 50 years ago singing Out on the Street, their number one single from their debut album. Now they're back with Victory, their second album. Here's Alistair to explain what took so long between records. Um, I think, well, it's partly, it was partly down to uh, to Eddie and, um, so I'll just close that, uh, to Eddie and uh, Brent. And I think huh? um, Eddie always had his uh, commitments with, Split Ends and Enzo and all the other things he was doing. And then suddenly, uh, two or three years ago, he just thought, well, you know, maybe we we could reinvigorate Space Wolves. Yep. And um, probably would have wanted to have done it earlier, but I didn't really ever want to do it without without him and Brent to some extent, although Brent's kind of blown the coop now because he's just far too busy. Yep, I see um, the gigs all the time that he's been promoting, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, the, yeah, yeah, so you yeah, understand. <laughs> yeah, and he just uh, we he did the album with us, and then he rang me. Um, can't remember. I think it was December, November, December last year, and said, "Look, I he'd been over in the states for for a holiday, and he just said, I just don't think I've got the time for it, which right. was a disappointment.' But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can sit in for a couple of gigs. You never know. Well, that's that's what we're hoping. I think yeah, he yeah. will. No, that I'm sure he will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So what was the reunion like? What happened when you first got together and started playing? <laughs> well, it was great. Um, you know, you play with lots of people and you play in lots of bands over the years. Yep. And I, I mean, I, I ended up playing Celtic music for years and years, which is um, partly because it turned a dollar. And, um, and, and, you know, this is New Zealand. So, you know, playing your own music isn't necessarily a financial right. uh, you know, yeah. um, but um, sorry, what was your question? You asked me um, no, just the, the first time you guys got together. What was the reunion like? What did oh, it was great. I think the thing is, the thing about that band, uh, it was that it always had a natural um sound. Everybody, you know, oh, no, that's the thing sort of coalesces. Some people don't, you know, you can play in bands with people who are really proficient and and kind of is okay but yep. sometimes you just get the right chemistry and the right sort of symmetry and um and that was true i mean it was true originally and it was true when we got back together it kind of all fell into place very quickly and in, in a very natural way so that was really heartening just just out of the blocks you know it was yep. quite, a, quite a good thing yeah. um and then and then we of course we had a few hiccups particularly with covid um that yeah. really Kind of put the spanner in the works for a while, just just in terms of organisation, and then we were going to do the Others Way Festival, and that got cancelled, and it got cancelled again. And, yes. <laughs> um, so it really, this what we're doing now should have really happened probably up to nearly two years ago. But the strange thing was that it's all come together in uh, Music Month. So right. that's there you happen, go. Great happenstance. Yeah. You did a thing at Real Groovy, right? Uh, yeah, we did. We did an in-store on Saturday. How was, uh, how was that? Was that fun? <laughs> was great. It was great. And really, it was amazing that it was as good as it was because there was a storm outside. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the baddest weather. Um, they closed the Harbour Bridge, I think. Yep, yep. So, well, um, we're getting used to that. I mean, you can't wait for the weather to clear up anymore. <laughs> so you got to just keep going. It's, 
<laughs> it, it really is uh, grim. Um, <laughs> so I was really thinking, well, we're not going to get anybody. It was just hosing down outside. Right. But we 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 got um we got a decent crowd. Mm. Yep, yep. So yep. Uh, yeah, so we had a good time. I think everybody had a great time. Cool. It was a good launch. Yeah. So taking us back to the early seventies, uh, I think everybody has their um, their first kind of re re revelation about when they were exposed to David Bowie. I know I do. And of course, you're you and Space Waltz are kind of. I was of, always conflated uh, with David right. Bowie. So, so is that fair enough? And do you have a story to tell about your first Bowie experience? I was. It was sort of fair enough because. Um, and unfair in other ways because I had a lot of other influences and I was I came out of a horror rock scene. Right. And uh, I was listening to people. I mean, I'd probably say Peter Hamill from Van de Graaff Generator, <laughs> yeah. uh, particularly as a solo artist. He, he had a, at least as much influence on me as David Bowie. Right. And, and you know, I was uh, – I had Tony Newley records um, – my friend Selvin Jones and I love Tony Newley. You know, this is this is free. So so um, anybody knows Tony Newley knows that he was kind of Bowie's uh, right major influence at sort of London. He was a London, you know, prodigious sing, uh, songwriter. Kind of a crooner as well, wasn't he? Anthony kind of a crooner, yeah. But he what wrote kind of cool am I? <laughs> Yes, that's right. Yeah, and uh, he did that. Stop the world! I want to get off with basically right. Bruce. Well, they right. wrote all the music. Uh, they wrote all the music for, um, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or not whatever it was called then. It was Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, <laughs> quite, quite an amazing. Uh, uh, what was the Nina Simone that her, the famous song he wrote for her? Um, yeah, yeah. So he was a pretty major talent. So somebody I think actually he never never really got his due. Yeah. No, I don't think he did, but. Um, <laughs> I'm getting off the subject, but he, he just landed a role in EastEnders and then got uh, pancreatic cancer, I think it was. So uh, yeah, oh well. he, I think he had a tough life. He was married to um, Joan Collins. Could have been yeah, that tough anyway. of a life then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so anyway, yes, yeah, so it, it was. I mean, I, I remember I got the first Bowie album I owned was um, – uh, well, actually, it wasn't. It was the second album, I, but I got it from the UK. When I when I got Man Who Sold the World, I thought that was a, a great great album. Yeah. Um, so that you know, it did. Yeah, it did have a, an influence on me. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. it was a bit frustrating because I felt like I was a I was a bona fide singer songwriter in my own right, and I didn't sure. want to always be. Oh, you you New Zealand said I, I resented it for a long time, but gotcha. Yeah. I kind of accepted it now. <laughs> I'll wear yeah. that hat. You might as well. What the heck? Yeah. It could be worse. It could be worse. You could, you could be New Zealand's Gary Glitter instead or something. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. I hated Gary Glitter. I hated him so much. I remember they had a lifestyle sort of a cardboard cutout of him in one of the radio stations in Christchurch. I felt like punching it. past the bloody thing. Because people would say, oh, you're, you're you know, you glitter, glitter rock. You know? I said, well, I never wore any glitter. Right. Never touched any glitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'd say I was glam. Yeah. Sort, of, sort of a progressive glam rock mixture, but yeah, I was never a glitter artist. Yeah. 
So were you surprised at the reaction that you got, that the band got when you showed up on the TV show on the New Faces thing? Yeah, I was, um, I was, we sort of had a flat in town in Mount Eden and uh, we all gathered around. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I was pretty sure it was going to be make, a, make an impression because Chris Bourne, who, who was the producer of the show, right? he was very excited when we did it when we actually in the studio in Wellington doing it. So we, we had some fairly, um, you know, big expectations and I, and it came true. I mean, the phone after that phone didn't stop ringing for right. weeks. Yep. <laughs> so it's kind of nice. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was, things kind of went south after that as well. So I mean, all, yeah, they did well, all, I think Eddie, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, Eddie left the band. Um, he was sort of playing he'd been well he and i had plans for world domination yeah way back yeah because you were in the prog in orb together right in orb that's right yeah Yeah. so we but and at that stage we'd been together since oh sort of uh, 71 so um but he had earlier in 74 i think it was he had kind of joined split in so he was kind of playing in both bands yeah and then we had a number one hit and he left the band Yep. Um, but I think uh, that was tough, but we got another guy called Paul Bayetz who had a, a degree in music from uh, Victoria um, in Wellington University, and he, um, I think you're supposed to call it the University of Victoria or of Wellington or something now. It's uh-huh. very complicated. Anyway, that's he was um, he was a good keyboard player. Uh, and we, um, I, my father was a publisher. He had a business in Australia, and um, he had this guy in the office in his office in Melbourne, who um, had a nephew, a guy called Michael Browning, right? And he said, "Come, you know, come and meet Michael because he's very keen. He's a promoter. He's very keen to have a to talk to the band." So um, I went over with my dad. I think it was. Try to remember. I think it was January, February in '75, and uh, and met Michael, and uh, he said, "Come, we've got a, one of my bands is playing down at the Mooney Ponds Town Hall, which is sort of a, you know, I don't know what it was. You call it a dance or something? It was just full of probably two or three hundred young people, sort of dancing and jumping around in the in the in the town hall. Well, that yep. band was ACDC. Oh, geez, and, um, yeah." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was ACDC. So yep. they were just sort of up and coming at that stage. And um, uh, Angus was had already started wearing his schoolboy uniform. Um, <laughs> still had it on from school, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Probably. Because <laughs> yeah. at that stage, he was pretty young. Yeah. And, um, and so um, I met those guys. And Michael said, well, you come over to bring the band over to uh, Melbourne and we'll, we'll take it from there. Right. And um, so we went over, just trying to remember, towards the end of the year. Um, I think we did another tour here, and then we went over there. And um, and it, it took a few weeks to settle down. I mean, I think the other guys in the band were a bit discontent. You're not happy about it because right. uh, we were in a sort of a flat in Elston. Where, oh, no, no, it was in St Kilda. And um and sort of cooling our heels with it, I think Michael actually gave them a. I'm probably rambling on, but Michael gave them a, <laughs> uh, some work 
working on a renter that he bought, and I think that didn't help either. And um, and the thing about Michael Browning and his partner, and they had a building, I think it was 59 Wellington Street in St Kilda, and then the other part of the building was uh, Michael Gudinski and Ray Evans. So there was this double-story Victorian white sort of villa, a bit like some of the ones we have here, except it was made in brick. Yep. And um, and upstairs was Frank Stavala, who was Premier Artist, the biggest booking agent in Australia. And they both of them owned Frank Stavala. So um, so here I was with Michael and, uh, you know, I'm, well, I'm talking three, three or four weeks. The guys in the band were getting pretty grumpy. And um, somebody in Split Ends, because, you know, they at that stage were over there and the guys in Split Ends were friends with us. Somebody in Split Ends said, why don't you try Mike Gudinski? So it wasn't me that made the approach, uh, but some of the other guys made the approach. And then in the end, they said, oh, come on, let, why don't we go with Mike Gudinski? Because nothing's happening. Yeah, understand. Okay, Michael Browning had ACDC, but that didn't count for much. I mean, yeah. the biggest yeah. in Australia at the time were uh, Skyhooks. So, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I love those guys. So it's, it's funny. It's, you know, let's say hindsight's twenty twenty. So, um, so that, so we did, we kind of did that. And um, uh, the reason what sparked that was that Michael Browning said, come on, let's, let's go to the UK. We'll take both bands to the UK. Yep. I'll pay for it. He was paying for it. Um, but, and, and it's really hard to, explain that to people nowadays because you know we will travel this travel yep. sort of ubiquitous so you just expect to travel here and travel there even since even post covid people still you know there's a lot of travel but yep. in those days it was yeah it was a pretty insular yeah. pretty parochial <laughs> place new zealand was yeah and the idea of jumping from australia and then straight into a situation in the uk and they I'm not sure the guys in the band had much confidence in michael um so they said, "No, we don't want to go to the UK. We'll um, we'll go we'll go with Gudinski." So I, I, we did, and that was a fatal mistake because right. um, because, oh. because Michael Browning had this influence with Frank Stavala, the booking agent you see upstairs. Yep, and he just um, so they had a a wrangle. Him and Michael Gudinski had a wrangle, and we did a few gigs, but it was very hard to get work because of this problem with yeah. Michael Browning saying to Frank Stavala, don't these guys don't get any work? And, you know, that would be know, a problem, yeah. <laughs> it, was most, it was the most ridiculous thing to do because Michael Browning, who he owned a nightclub in Melbourne at the time, and he really thought the band was brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, this is the thing. You know, you say, um, uh, love those who love you. You know, I think it was supposed to have been um, uh, Voltaire who said that. And, um, you know, I think it was it was a provocative thing to say because the Christian message was, you know, love thine enemy. Right. And I think, you know, uh, I think Voltaire was making a point. I think, though, in life, it, there's a lot of truth in it. I think if, you, if you're working and you're, you're doing things with people who you have a mutual rapport with and yeah. who are fond of you and you're fond of them, I think it helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway... Then the guys, we were running around to, coming up to Christmas and the guys all wanted to come back for Christmas. And um, I paid their airfares. Well, I'd already paid their return airfares. That was one of the conditions of getting them to Australia. It was yep, getting so, them back. 
<laughs> so they had a return airfare, so they all came back to New Zealand, and that was really what caused the problem. I right. mean, I couldn't get them back to Australia. Yeah. Um, so I hung on for another probably four or five months. Right, right. And then yeah. we came back here. But you can see how the thing kind of yep. wouldn't it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you got an offer to join Split Ends too, is that correct? Yeah, I um, I'd already been offered uh, because all, as you may or may not know, the other three guys and all all ended up in Split yep. Ends, and that in the early days, I, I think um, uh, Tim or Brian, as he was then, um, he well Brian Timothy then he he um, he they the guys wanted uh, me to join and I was there was nothing personal I just sort of wanted to do my own musical thing um it might have been all right I don't know but then and then later uh, much later when uh Phil Judd left the band when they're in the UK um they asked me to join them right uh, which was which was a hard decision um they gave me two weeks to make my mind up and I, in the end I just had an album new album coming out right and um so I declined, and uh, and Neil got the job. He, well, he, he, yeah, he ran, he ran with it, didn't he? <laughs> he ran with it. Yeah, yeah, good uh, on him. So uh, the, the funny thing was, I was actually watching a show at the Magnet Theatre in in uh, at Auckland University when um, Mike Chun walked in. I was backstage looking in the wings, looking at at um, at Neil and Jeff Chun doing a sort of duo set, and um, he walked, Mike, Mike walked in and I went, what What are you doing here? Because Mike played briefly in Spaceballs too. Right. And, um, <laughs> and he said, um, oh, just back from the UK and he come outside. You know, so I just went outside and he said, um, yeah, we want you to join the band. So that was um, a funny yeah. kind of combination of things as well because it was Neil who got the offer in the end. Yep, yep, yep. So jumping back to 2023, you're in the studio, you're – you're recording some new songs with the band. You're re-recording some old songs. What was what was it like going back and re-recording out on streets per se, or uh, you know, scars of love, those kind of tunes? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, one of the reasons we put those on. I mean, we've got I've got plenty of songs yeah. here in the wing, in the wings. But the reason that we we used those wanted to re-record those songs is that we'd always had a problem with the fidelity of the first album. Now yeah. it's you know a lot of people that don't really understand what that is, but from a musical point of view, all of us had wanted to do some better versions. We thought, gotcha. yeah, 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 the original songs. So um, with a new album, we did I think it's four older songs, and then all of the twelve tracks. The other eight are all new. But yep. um, yeah, so we re-recorded those, and actually it was good. It was it was it was actually good fun. I've got a little video of that that a someone took of us doing it and, right. and it, it look, we all look like we're having a good time <laughs> well that's always good <laughs> well, that's always good because and, it could potentially be very fraught you know yeah, yeah 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 absolutely so you're gonna take the show on the road shortly or sometime soon the next what's that gonna be yeah, like well um, i think it, we were trying to get it on the road sooner i think we right. did waiheke a month ago exactly right. a month ago and it went very well and that went a lot better than we thought. Um, we had a great crowd, but it was just the band really, uh, it really clicked straight out of the out of the blocks. And I think um, we thought, well, 
we'll jump into a tour as quickly as possible, but the, the problem is getting venues, lining up venues. Yep. Now, you know, most of them are, you know, booked fairly far yep. in advance. So we, yep. yeah, we've just had to, it's going to have to be September, October. Cool, cool. It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. And so is it going to be it another be. 45 years or so until the next record? Is there going to be a next record or what's the plan? Yeah, that'll be everything. <laughs> I'd have to dig me up. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. So um, talking right now about the material for another album. So right. um, I personally want to start, get going and get, well, most of the recording done for a new album, at least before the end of the year, so that we're, we're into uh, mixing and mastering and getting it ready for release next year. Right, right. Very good. Cool. Sounds like it's all happening. And working on other projects as well at the same time? Um, well, no, I'm not really. No, okay. I'm not. I've, I've got some ideas, actually, but uh, um, they're just pie in the sky at the moment. Well, that's but how they I start. Think, yeah, Ed and I are pretty much on fire. It's, um, it's gone yep. so well. Yeah. Uh, um, just sort of kismet. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing you when you when the tour hits. <laughs> I'll look forward to seeing you, Marty. Are you going to come along? Yeah, Give definitely. See, I got here. I didn't get to New Zealand until 94. So all this stuff that happened before, you know, is is all new yeah. to me. So, you know, all, all, about this, it. Yeah. all this stuff. You got to educate myself. <laughs> it's, it's great. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a great Thank day. Thank you. Thank right. you, Mike. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.